Coming up, we're talking Christopher Bell's record-tying eighth prelim night win at the Chili Bowl, the Wild West shootout weekend, plus there's news from Stuart Friesen and Dirt Vision. Let's do this. Today is Friday, January 14th, 2022. Welcome into Dirt Tracker Daily. I'm Justin Fiedler. It certainly wasn't easy, but Christopher Bell came through yet again on Thursday night at the Chili Bowl. He'd previously won six straight Thursday prelims and seven of the last eight. And last night, he extended the streak to seven straight and tied Sammy Swindell for the most ever Chili Bowl prelim uh, prelim night wins with eight. Things early in the night went just about as good as Bell and his KKM group could have hoped for, going 4th to the win in the heat and 6th to 2nd in their qualifier. That set Bell up for a 4th place start in the feature behind Shane Golubic, Brent Cruz, and Tanner Thorson. Bell didn't really get involved in the battle for the lead until late in the race, though. At one point, he was all the way back to 5th. Golubic led the first 4 laps from the pole, and then it was all Thorson out front from there. As we approached 10 laps to go, Bell started working his way forward and was second with 11 laps remaining. Most of the frontrunners were stuck to the bottom, but Bell was able to make ground banging the cushion. After some late cautions, Bell pounced for the lead with four laps to go, moving by Thorson with a slider into turn one. The 19 of Thorson tried to battle back for a few laps, but Bell got away in the end and drove off to the victory. Thorson settled for second and that all-important lock-in spot. C.J. Leary was third, Tim Buckwalter had a hellacious 20th to 4th run, and Shane Golubic finished 5th. In victory lane, Bell got out of his car and went straight to Thorson to acknowledge their battle, which was a good one. Keith Coon's cards are now 4 for 4 on the week in prelim night wins. Brent Cruz was impressive all night long in that Chad Boat entry, starting 2nd and hanging tough all race long. But a late flat tire and damage took him out of contention and relegated him to a 20th place finish. It was a tough way to end what was a very strong night for the 13-year-old driver. The two other drivers people were talking about last night were Damian Gardner and Steve Buckwalter. Gardner had issues in his heat race and finished last. He then went 8th to 2nd in the D, 12th to 4th in the C, and 16th to 3rd in the B to make the full alphabet run on the night. Unfortunately, though, he flipped late in the feature and finished 19th. And the kicker is the car is too damaged for the team to continue on Saturday, so the demon is done for the week, but it was a fun run while it lasted. As for Steve Buckalter, he went for a big ride in the fourth qualifier and heavily damaged the rear end of his 25B machine. It was a quick turnaround from the fourth qualifier to the first B main, and it was a mad thrash in Buckalter's pit to get the car repaired. Miraculously, though, his crew got the car fixed and Buckalter made the call and even with the ill-handling car, drove from 7th to 4th to make the feature transfer. He and Gardner were in the same B, so the crowd went wild when both raced their way in. Buckwalter later went 23rd to 13th in the feature to salvage a decent night. Looking towards tonight, Justin Grant will try and stop the Keith Coon streak and race his way into the Saturday feature. He's won the Friday prelim night four of the past five years. And joining him tonight on the card are guys like Darren Pittman, Ricky Stenhouse Jr., Kyle Cummins, Ryan Bernal, Casey Kane, Bryant Wiedemann, and Michael Facino. I think JG is definitely the pick tonight, especially with the way he looked on Monday night in the Virog. Friday's schedule is the same as the preceding days have been with the draw at 2 central, hot laps at 4, and heat races at 5. 
And then Saturday morning, we start the soup early with the building opening at 8 a.m. Hot laps for the early P and Q mains start at 9 a.m. It will then be hammered down all day to pare the field down from nearly 400 cars to just 24 for the feature. And don't forget, Saturday's Chili Bowl coverage uh, is on Flow Racing all day long, starting with those Q, uh, Q mains. And then it runs all the way through the D's on Saturday evening. From there, the C's, B's, and feature will be shown exclusively on MAV TV+. So you either need MAV TV on your TV provider or you need a subscription to MAV TV Plus to watch the late night Chili Bowl action. I know it sucks, but it just remains the nature of the beast right now. I think we're in for a whale of a day on Saturday with so much talent in the building. Nobody's really dominated all week and the competition feels as tight as maybe it's ever been. I think that should lead to plenty of fireworks. I still like Kofoid and Bell on Saturday night. Moving over to my Chili Bowl picks, we made a huge move after last night's racing. I went from 497th all the way to 148th. Christopher Bell winning and Tanner Thorson locking in were a big part of that, and I had six feature starters. So I'm now only 53.5 points out of the money. Let's hope tonight we can continue that move forward. I've got Pittman in Group 1, Kane in Group 2, Andrew Felker in Group 3, Ace McCarthy in Group 4, Chase McDermott in Group 5. Lane Goodman of the Passing Points Podcast in Group 6, and Terry Nichols in Group 7. I hope you enjoy the Chili Bowl weekend. After having Thursday off, the late model teams out at Vado Speedway Park will race three straight nights through the weekend to complete the Wild West shootout. Through the first three nights, we've uh, seen two Brandon Shepard wins, we've had some fireworks, and we got to see that crazy Garrett Alberson victory from Wednesday. I really hope there are a ton of people tuning into the broadcast on Flow because the track and the racing have been really great, but the field and the crowds have been a little light. There are plenty of big names in the field competing between Shepard and Herb, Marler and Pierce, and others, but it's just not a big field of cars. And the worry for the weeks leading into the event was that the crowds could be small, and we've seen that play out. It's just a tough part of the country to try and draw, uh, try and draw fans from. Late model racing doesn't really exist in the Southwest, and if you're looking at probably something like 750,000 people between Las Cruces, New Mexico, and El Paso, which are both about 20 or 30 miles from Vado, and I just don't know how many of those folks are really interested in an event like this. It's a shame because Vado is a really great facility. As for the racing, I don't see any reason why we won't continue to see great shows over the next three nights. Everything we've seen so far I think has been really fun to watch. I think we should all keep an eye on Bobby Pierce and Mike Marler. Both guys have been fast, and after the Wednesday dust-up, neither seemed to be real apologetic to the other about what went down. I also think we could see Tyler Erb get a win this weekend, and probably some more uh, Brandon Shepard up front. And also, Earl Pearson Jr. has been lurking all week. The Friday and Saturday shows will again be 5000 to win, with Sunday paying 25000 to the winner. There are also another couple thousand bucks available to whoever wins the week-long points. Shepard is out front of that right now. If you're nearby, head out to the track. If not, you can catch all of the racing live on Flow. And once the Wild West shootout is complete on Sunday, the focus for late model fans will shift to Florida. We're one week away from the Word of Outlaws late model series starting their 2022 campaign at Volusia for the Sunshine Nationals. On top of the regular cast of characters, one driver we know that will be in attendance with the Outlaws is Stuart Friesen. A normal racer with the NASCAR Truck Series and in Northeast Modified competition, Friesen made a handful of super late model appearances in 2021. In four, Lucas starts early in the year. He had a best finish of 7th at Bubba Raceway Park, and he made two starts with the Outlaws with a best finish of 4th at the Orange County Fair Speedway in August. 
Along with the Outlaws, the Sunshine Nationals will feature 604 and 602 late models. We'll talk more about the uh, Outlaw opener next week. Duravision announced yesterday they have added Jackson Motorplex to their weekly streaming lineup of tracks for 2022. FastPass holders will get to see sprint cars, modifieds, sport mods, stock cars, hobby stocks, and sport compacts from that really awesome facility in Jackson, Minnesota. Todd Quiring and his group have done such a nice job at places like Jackson and Husets. And Jackson now joins Attica, Husets, Jacksonville, Knoxville, Millbridge, Perth Motorplex, Volusia, and Williams Grove as weekly tracks being streamed on Duravision. All of that is in addition to the regular series racing from the Outlaws, the Super Dirt Car Series, Dirt Car, and more. It certainly makes that Dirt Vision subscription just a little more valuable. The streaming situation continues to be a fun side story to watch in Dirt Racing, mostly between Flow and Dirt Vision. They are by some measure competitors because they're going for the same dollars from the viewers. Not everyone can afford to pay for both, so oftentimes a choice has to be made. If you look at them, the breadth and depth of racing available through Flow is obviously more substantial than Dirt Vision, but if you want some of the biggest events and series in the sport, DV is definitely the place to be. And it's because of DV being owned by World Racing Group why, on some level, they aren't competitors. The WRG-owned events and series aren't really out there for Flow to go by, so DV will always have that base of content. It's the extra stuff like the weekly racing and the events like the Knoxville Nationals where the competition between the two will continue to exist. Having spent so much of my time at WRG working on Duravision, I'm super interested to see how this continues to play out. Especially if you add in Mav TV Plus and Speedsport TV and Racing America and XR. There's more racing than ever before that's available to be viewed. And I think the competition will continue to make the services push for not only bigger but better. And that's nothing but good for the race fans. Speaking of the services, there are four shows on today's streaming schedule with a few more to come over the weekend. That includes the Chili Bowl and Wild West Shootout on Flow Racing. Dervision has sprint cars and late models from Perth Motorplex down under on Saturday. And Speedsport TV has more nights of the IMCA Winter Nationals from Kokopah Speedway. To see the full daily streaming schedule with links to watch, visit dirttracker.com slash watch tonight. Back to the Chili Bowl, with so much downtime in between the racing on Saturday night, I might go live on YouTube and we can chat for a bit about the Chili Bowl, or maybe after the B-Mains while they're doing all of that track work. We'll talk about who's in the feature, uh, maybe we'll take a peek at what's going on at Vado and more. Let me know if that's something you might be interested in if you're around on Saturday night. That's it for the show today. Hope you have a good Friday and a good weekend. If you have thoughts about the topics on today's show, please leave them in the comments below or tweet at me. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in this week. We'll be back on Monday for more Dirt Tracker Daily.